river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 106. So, when last we left you, you had gone down into Pytax? Yes! Um, and had fought Gaitane, the Ratman Assassin, again and again and again. But Actually, he did now. Only twice. Yes. Um, uh, yes, he is very, very dead now. He is feeding the plant monsters. Yes, we, we killed him and then White we set him on fire. Uh, in White Rose Abbey, there is a bunch of... A disused abbey, basically. And then a mysterious boulder. Yes, with three marks for three swords. Yep. It clearly relates to Gatekeeper in some way, but I can't figure out how because I am not very clever. Try as you might, you could not embrace your fate. And never did you pass through the gateless gate. And yeah, so I think we we quite literally cut out there. You um... no. Um, then I continued exploring. Ah uh, yes. And then I um, ran across. Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Laura Rusk, um, back on form. The um. Ended the co- ended the dramatic cliffhanger with um, I think you might hate um, Castruccio uh, 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 Rivetti almost as much as I do, or possibly think you want to kill Castruccio Rivetti almost as much as I do. Is she the one who um, said she seduced the succubus and her? Um... Uh, yes, yes, her friend. Um, yeah. She she had gone to see her cousin, who was. Um, uh, uh, Yes, her cousin had a special friend with her, who then invited her up to her room, um, and said she was a succubus sent by Asmodeus to abduct her and bring me and bring her to Asmodeus, because Asmodeus himself wanted to make Elora his consort, but instead she seduced the succubus so thoroughly that um, it changed. She changed sides. Yeah, as as you do. Yeah. Well, it's as plausible as um, Tristram's story. I found Gregory's had an eerie air of truth around it. 
Yeah, so you are in this basically small clearing in the brambles in Elora's camp that she has clearly been entrenched in for some while. She looks kind of dirty, hair growing out, but still the crouch sort of watching you. Um, have a sec. I think you might want to kill Iravetti almost as much as I do. All right. Let's talk. And watching you, she slowly flicks the two swords around and sheaths. Yeah, and Kaelin walks forward and um, sits down very very clearly with his hands nowhere near his weapons and nods to um, Svetlana to do the same. Svetlana will smile. Laura come over and sit by the other side of the fireplace. So... King Kaelin, what are you doing all the way down here? Well, um, I imagine you've um, not been um, keeping up with the news, what with one thing and another, but um, I'm by way of being at war with Pytax these days. Not. The service is surprising, the, the, the newspaper service is surprisingly slow out here, but even I managed to catch that one. Well, um, being as... Um, he um, keeps sending armies up to me. I um, am um, down here doing a little scouting, um, finding his armies, lay of the land, routes to his cities, that kind, that city, that kind of thing. Ah. And have you found any of them, the armies? Yeah, there's one over there and one over there. Which ones? The wyverns and the giants. Do you think you're going to win? Well, I don't really have a better option. I don't really have a better option than to win, as he'll undoubtedly kill me if I lose. I um, very true. He's not um, the opponent I've had that I dislike most, or the opponent that I've had that um, frightens me most. But I do fear he may be um, the most competent opponent I've had. I wouldn't care. I, I wouldn't care to say it's a certainty. But, um, I'm planning to, I'm planning to, I. Iravetti is ruthlessly pragmatic. And has an unerring way of seeing to the heart of their several matters. He's a right, no- he's a right knowing fellow, and, um, I don't take him lightly by any means. And, and his people, by and large, Urge, urge seem to value his leadership, which makes things things uh, a smidge more difficult. Although I can't expect every king king goes to war to be to alienate his own people quite as thoroughly as Hannah Australia have had. Who won that boasting? Was it you? Definitely not. I wasn't entering. It wasn't Tristan. Tristan, Tristan entered. Yeah, but he didn't so win. So it wasn't the wiggling man. Was it? I think it was Gregory. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember Taylor. He's got really high scores listed on his thing. Yeah, I seem to remember Taylor get um, several caps on Kaelin's teeth, dating from that um, experience. What do you know about the Clockwork King? I know when he was about twenty, he was a regular human noble. 
and uh, he was. And um, he has a sword like mine. What? It's one. Of, it's a fey sword. She glances at it in an almost very disinterested manner, like swords. I um, know he has a lot of golems working for him, and I know he wants wants one of the golems. And I know he wants the golem that I have uh, back. You said he was a human. Is he now? That I don't know. Can he be killed? Most everything can be. Or a pragmatic point of view. Well, you know, I killed I've I've killed um, a Cyclops Lich and a Magla Twiceborn who was supposed to be able to live forever, which as it turned out out he he couldn't. Had to go to the plane of death for that one, which don't go to the plane of death if you've got any alternative in the matter. And, and um, it's um, I don't fancy the idea of facing him in melee because I imagine he'd be a tough one to to fight. But um, if we get to the point that I've taken out his kingdom resources, I'll do it. And she watches you with um, very watchful eyes. Her manner has um has quite changed. When you saw her, she was in very much a seductress wet t-shirt contest mode for the crowd. Um, Here she is still attractive and still almost unconsciously like poses herself sort of chest forward, leg out, but is much more guarded about and much more watchful now. Um, And she looks at you for a long moment, basically assessing the truth of what you are saying and your intentions, uh, and you can make a sense motive check. You have Svetlana, who's actually reasonably good at sense motive for some reason. Yes. Yes, I'm just listening to the Goody Niska fight now. Ooh! And Kaelin, that 20 sense motive check. 28. Okay, so... She is particularly focusing on um, what you were saying about your more legendary exploits, killing Amag the Twiceborn, going to the Boneyard and back again. And she's watching you and trying to assess whether this is true or not, and eventually coming to the conclusion that yes, it is. Um, She is obviously in fairly dire need of an ally, but wants one that's really, really, really good. Because she's um, fighting, a, she's fighting across through your Vinny, so she doesn't want to put him up against some punk. Uh, more than that, um, she's only she is she is somewhat desperate here, um, and is invested in is only invested in you because you are Kaelin, Stag, Kaelin King of Stagthorn. The slayer of Armag, the twice born, the man who has been to the boneyard, etc., 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 the killer of Vordekai. Yeah. Um, because she's made her intentions quite plain. She wants her already dead. But for whatever reason, she thinks she's only going to get one shot at it. Um, yeah. And everything she has is in that gamble. Yeah. I, and it's, it's, um, it's not merely her life that she's got to lose. Interesting. So, she is watching you trying to assess your capacity first, and how trustworthy you are secondarily, which um, tells you a bit about how much she's up against the wall. Yeah. Like, she's going to have to trust you whether she wants to or not, 
Because she's unlikely to have a better ally stumble in out of the woods from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what were the odds that even one of them, if Christopher Shaw or Vetti would wander out of the forest where she is? Yeah, and as you beat her by a considerable margin. Um, moreover, she is deeply invested when you talk about the army. She gets very excited and very interested, and then deflates again when you tell you find hill giants and wyverns. Those are not the armies that she is looking for, that she is interested in. Okay. Um, and she says to you, so... Where do we go from here? What what can I offer you to further incentivize you to kill the clockwork king? Says and put at this point sort of cautiously puts a boot up and the skirt falls and she strokes her thigh. Yeah. And Caelan has been ogling a bit because he's yep. him and he does that. Yep. But at this point he um makes a point of glancing upwards in the general face direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty motivated to kill him already, what with one thing and another, and he, um, just tried to assassinate me in Svetlana two days ago, which only increased my motivation. Uh, what, if you're, um, wanting a safe place to stay, I think we can do a bit better than this for you. And, um, maybe you can tell us what you know about Eravetti and his plans. I can't be seen in Stagthorn. She spends a long moment sort of looking into the looking into the sort of doused fire pit and then eventually sort of sighs, go reaches around to a tent, rummages around and says, Yeah, I suppose you're the first you're the first and last visitor we've had out here, so we might as well break into this <laughs> and comes out with what's clearly like a cheap bottle of wine that she's <laughs> been sitting on for quite some time. And um Kale will dig in his bottle and produce some bottles of very nice um, meat, uh, honey brew meat. <laughs> oh, that's better. You can distill stuff out of berries, but it's never quite the same. <laughs> no. Some jobs a professional should do. You've got more at stake in this than just him possibly wanting you dead, haven't you, Lass? It's only the fact that I'm still alive that's... Has he got a hostage? Oh, more than one. Oh, yeah. If I'm seen in Stagthorn, she shakes her head and just buries her face in her hands. I. You heard my boasts. I've been the great bandit queen of Pytax. It wasn't all made. It wasn't all made up. We made quite a success of it by River Razors and I. Until we did enough to draw the attention of the Clockwork King. He and his Clockwork men are relentless 
They just kept coming. No matter how much we tried to evade them, no matter how much we tried to run for them. They don't sleep. They don't stop. They just keep coming. He took my men away from me. And he took my son away from me. Ah. How old? I even have to ask the question, what year is it now? Caitlin, well, um... Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, what in it's, it's a couple of years after the Rush Light Tournament, I think. Yeah, so it's, um... It's 4722. It'd be nearly 16, then. He's been held... Somewhere in Pytax. In the palace, I would assume it's the most secure place. Erebeti's price was that he needed somebody inspired to represent Pytax, somebody who could hold a crowd in the palm of their hands. I was that woman a while ago. Win the boast, he said. And they'll go free if Pytax wins the tournament. I don't even know if that was true. He has a reputation for keeping his word, but he knows on some level, on some pragmatic level, how to remove one family member from another, but I don't think he remotely understands what it does, what it means. Nay, he's... um. I'd stab that murdering bastard in the heart if he had one. No, he's, um, he doesn't understand, whatever he is now, he doesn't understand and human feeling anymore. He's never broken his word to me, though. I think he probably really would have released them if, uh, if you'd won. But it does, um, it doesn't help you in your present circumstance. What happened when you didn't win? I left immediately. Didn't even wait for the tournament to conclude. I knew if I hadn't won my part. Even if Pytax won, it might just, it won overall, it might not have been enough. I left the Rushlight tournament and came here. She gestures in a wide fashion to the woods in general. I've been keeping myself around around Pytax, keeping as much of an eye as I can on what's going on, but I know where the river raises are. You see, Irovedi has us an interesting cradle of string, she says, and pulls out a few long, worried cords that look like a frayed necklace and sort of ties and weaves them around each other. It's clearly, like, a stress ball for her. As long as my son is alive, Iravetti has strings on my husband and I. Well, partner, sorry, her partner, my partner and I. As long as I am alive, 
Iravidi has strings on my lover. And as long as he is alive and the rumor raisers are alive, then he has strings on me. If he finds me and we cut a part of that, she flicks the string away hard, then suddenly the other two will be suddenly the other two have much more pressure brought upon them. If he already finds me, I honestly don't know whether he'd execute me or use me against them. Either way, I won't be used by him again. So if we could find your partner in the river rails? Oh, I don't think you'll have any trouble. Like I say, we were good. There were at least a few hundred of them when I left. Possibly more now, I imagine. And they're working for Ovetti now. On the presumably on the promise that he won't kill you. And my son. Marlon's son too. Is Marlon leading the band in your absence? In as far as I know. He's a good leader. Strong general for their for them. They were never meant to be used as an army like this, but they can fight, and they'll fight hard. The loyalty there has been hard won. I uh, think you can probably understand that. I've met your Akaros and your... Um, and your Gristle. Aye. There is, lo- there is honour among thieves. Aye, I know. It's not a... Um, it's not a trade I have a lot of sympathy for, but I do know that um, people do what they have to. And I do understand um, I was a mercenary for a lot of years. I understand what binds a group like that together. So, the, the, the trick is the likeliest outcome is we'll find the River Raiders. Raiders? or Raisers. Raisers. The River Raisers is before we find and your son. Yes. I can... If I can find them, the boy's still a hostage. Quiet. And Erevedi has no will have no compunctions about killing him. He doesn't have a heart to care, and the were rat of his Gaithane will kill anyone he commands. Loyalty. Erevedi has the loyalty of a great many people. He is loyal to his people, but anyone that anyone that defies him is crushed. Aye, uh, Gaitain won't be a problem anymore. You've seen him. He tried to kill. When I said Irvetti tried to have me killed a couple of days, me and Svetlana killed a couple of days ago. You found him. Did he go to you, or was he at White Rose Abbey? He was at White Rose Abbey. I found the tracks. I've been trailing them, keeping an eye as best I can on what the what the Clockwork King is up to. I don't know what they were planning on doing at the Abbey, but Gaitain's been up there for... When did you say your war began? You sort of go through the dates. And she works it out, and yeah... 
because Gaitane sort of went past here up to there and she trailed him. And it's pretty much at what must have been the time where Erevedi was marching up with his first armies to declare war on you. Um, That's when Gaitane... As soon as the war began, basically, Gaitane would always go here, sit here, guard the thingy. Yeah. In terms of armies that Erevedi sent north against me, I haven't seen the River Razors, have I? You have not. Cool. Um, Although I do know that Aravetti's got a bunch of armies that he was keeping in reserve and not sending yeah, north. Yeah, no, the, the Pytaxian regiment that you have seen are fairly... Um, what am I looking for here? Um, Regulars? Uh, yeah, they're, they're very military. Yeah, they're a military uh, they, band. They are a military band. They have uniforms and they march precision yeah. and that sort of thing. The River Razors would be a much more motley band, yeah. you know, no uni- no real uniforms to speak of, um, you know, all manner of scrounged weapons, that kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of feel like... Um, and they're, an with, army, they're an army of bandits and guerrillas rather than front-up soldiers. And um, if there's only a few hundred of them, they're not an especially big army by our, mod- by our current standards. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to come up with another solution for this because I'd chew them up and spit them out. My armies would chew them up and spit them out. Yeah, she seems, um, she's, she's, that's definitely a worry that's on her mind. Like, she's talking to the guy that might well end up killing her husband, her partner, but, um, A, she doesn't have any better choices, and B, um, uh, she actually seems at least reasonably confident of them. Yeah. You know, they're not going to just fall over and die. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess that piece of information is useless to you then. <laughs> I know something of Pytax, its movements, areas of interest, that sort of thing. What I... sort of deal can we make here, Caleb? I'll do my best to rescue um, rescue your boy as and when I get the chance. Um, I'll be motivated because I want an army taken out of play, but it's going to be a Pytax is going to be a tr- tricky nut to track. Michaela and I were in and out of Fort Draleigh a dozen times and he never noticed us, but uh, I'm not certain I can pull off the same trick even with her. And um, I imagine he'll have wards against teleportation and the like up. But I'll do my best. But I got rescued a few people. I rescued a few people in Draylib's war. He he had a bunch of the um, Tiger Lords had a bunch of hostages, and we got them out. Uh, if I can find the River Razors, and um, we can come up with some way to take them out of play without any of them getting killed, I'm very keen on that. I'd I'd much rather not fight them. You help me any way you can. And then you and after the war, you and yours can do as you will as long as you don't start bandit raiding in my territory. I wonder if the river raisers were destroyed entirely, all of my men killed, then it would only be a string Eravetti was holding against me. You would have no interest in murdering my son for no purpose. It would either 
Let him go if I were to be found dead. Or keep him as a hostage while we stay alive. But the river raiders would first have to be destroyed. Tell me about your armies. <laughs> and Caelan will do so. Yeah. And she will start concocting this plan where if, like, if she writes you a string of orders to send to her partner Marlin, um, she basically says, you know, there are code words and phrases that she will put into them that she's obviously not going to tell you, um, that will ensure that he think, that he reads them as genuine and not under, they've got like their secret, I am under duress <laughs> code words and yep. things. Um, and effectively stage a massacre of their army. That's excellent. He, she, she can't give you the river raises as much as she would like you. She would, yeah. she would love their army just to change sides. And indeed, she will openly offer if the, the second you get the sun out, flick, they will change sides in a heartbeat. Yeah. And start murdering everything they can find in Pytax. Um, on Stagthorn's behalf. On the other hand, you're right in that the likelihood is it's going to go the other way around. Yeah. Um, Ergo, she can't offer you the river raises because as soon as they actively turn, Erevini's going to kill a child. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, we can't, we can rely on him to keep his words, but we can't have any worry about us. We can't count on him having any moral qualms, even if it was a four-year-old. And yeah. as the lad's 16, he's kind of yeah, yeah. not really a um, particularly vulnerable type anyway. I mean, Erevini is by no stretch of the imagination a sadist. You know, he'd never murder the kid just because he could. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, he wouldn't have any qualms about doing it if it was a useful and pragmatic thing. And particularly, he is not a guy that lies or threatens in vain or pisses around. If he says he'll, he'll do it, he'll, he'll do, do it. it. Yeah. And he said he'd kill the child yes. if she got, presumably if she targeted him or crossed him or anything of that nature. Um, basically... She could have she could have her kid back if she won the boast, which yep. she didn't, which yep. is why she freaked out so much about it because it was yes. a much bigger deal than just yes, yes, it makes total sense now. A drunken boast. Um, I mean, Pytex did win the tournament, but presumably that didn't count because she didn't win. Uh, did they? I can't remember. Yeah, they did because um, I'm pretty sure it was them because Gaita. Yeah, I think it, you're right. Um, the, the, not Gaita. Koth won the. Koth um... won the jewel, and it was down to me and Pytax at that point. So yeah. um, Pytax, because yeah, I remember because remember he's got that book that Tristram yes, wants. Yes, yes, you're quite right. Um, but keep in mind, Elora had left long before then. Yeah. Um, running on the theory that basically her having failed. Um, and you have a lot of experience with Erevetti keeping his word and that sort of thing. She does not. She, yeah. is, she is not inclined to trust the king. Yeah, well, I mean, tax. the thing is that Erevetti almost keeps his word to an irrational extent. Yeah. That's part of his um, weird, not entirely normal behavior, is that he does exactly what he says he'll do. Which is not really the way people, no- which is not what you can count normal behavior from kings. Yeah. So she has indeed, like, somewhat driven herself into a corner by running away. On the other hand, if she'd returned, he might have put her to some equally onerous task. Yeah, well, um, she, I think he... I very much doubt he would have killed her son, but I think he probably would have said, well, yeah. that didn't... Do, you didn't do what you said you were, so now you need to do something else well, he, for me. he never threatened to kill her son, except as a, you know, if you betray me type yeah. of thing. Which is exactly what she's doing here. But, yeah, yeah um, but she's hoping it won't get back to her. Um, so she will provide you with a a long and lengthy letter 
for her partner Marlin, who is in command of the River Raiders, for this exact purpose. Um, if you can get them, and you'll either have to kill the, any other armies that are there off first, or fight them solo. Yeah. Because obviously, if the wyverns are sitting there watching the River Raiders fall down and go, "Oh no, we're dead," yeah, they're going to um, do something about it. Yeah. Uh, but that will win you a battle without fighting, functionally. Yeah. Um, because the thing is that I can just... Um, it, I can potentially target the other army preferentially, yeah, yeah. and then the um, and then we can fight one more round, and I can, you know, brutally slaughter yeah. the um, river raisers. And then her husband will be dead, quote, yeah. and her band of men will be mostly dead and scattered, Yeah. and thus Eravidi no longer needs to hold on to them in any fashion. Yeah. It's complicated. Yes, but it's a it's a it's a great plan, and um, Caleb will nod approvingly. I think that's uh, I think that's their best that's their best chance, unless we can find a way to get the boy first. In exchange for that, I want the same sort of amnesty for me and all my men that you gave uh, that you gave Akaros and Crystal. Aye. Amnesty for any amnesty for any banditry you've committed in the past. My um word doesn't extend beyond Stagthorn, but Stagthorn's not bigger than it used to be. And that that un, that was under the understanding that there was to be no more banditry going forward. If you and your you and yours want to settle in Stagthorn, you'll be welcome, but you'll need to take up a new trade. And if they're as good as you say, um I could certainly use the men. But if you don't want to set them to warring, there are plenty of more peaceable trades that they can take up. Yeah. She nods. Um, and you can make another sense motive check here. Uh, 21. Uh, so... Um, she she nods and seems to be considering this pretty seriously. Svetlana gives you this small sort of nudge to the side and makes this little running gesture with her fingers um, that um, if you do resolve this successfully, she's definitely not going to be stupid enough to turn around and become a bandit army inside Stagthorn's walls. Yeah. Uh, they may all just decide to fuck off eastwards, however, yeah. to other other more hospitable climes. And continue their banditing. Yeah. You know, how much you have a moral problem with that is uh, very much up to you. Yeah, it's um, not what I want them to do, but... Um, Needs must when wars are for. Mm. Oh, actually, I, th- I think about that. Alright, Kaelin um, sits thoughtfully for a time. And um, to clarify what she is doing, in exchange, she will she will uh, give you the river raises as a free battle, basically, or an army if you can get her son out first. At which point, they will fight with you till the end of the war with Pytax, one way or the other. Uh, and then they are free to. And then yeah. m- my deal is that they are then free to stay or depart. Yeah. Uh, with the understanding that they are not. That banditry isn't permitted inside Stagthorn. Yep. And I don't have a lot of control about what people do outside my borders. And then, in exchange, she will basically give you, um, if you've got something in particular you want her personally to do, she might or might not. She can't come back to Stagthorn with you and be seen to yep. be in your court. Um, 
this. She is a wilderness person, an outdoors woman, and a tracker, and a gorilla fighter, and all that sort of thing. Ranger, functionally. Yeah. Um, so she can do bits and pieces in that neighborhood. Um, and the other thing she can do is she can give you a bunch of information on what she knows. It's None of it's really going to be about where Irvidi's current army movements are, because she hasn't been keeping track of the current things, yeah. but useful things that are around in Pytax. Yeah. She can give you. Yes. So, yes, I am, um, I am prepared to make that deal. Cool. I, um, would prefer her not to go off and band it elsewhere, but, you know, I don't, I'm prepared to make the deal on that basis. Yeah. They, um, I don't like bandits, and, but I, I don't, um, Consider it my responsibility yeah, yeah. to enforce my laws outside the bounds of my kingdom. Well, the distinction between bandits and mercenaries is uh, yeah, yeah. The, depends the, where the pay is coming from. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, we follow a code, which is not something that bandits do, but it is very true. But it is very true that um, they remind me of a mercenary company. Yeah, and, and you know, certainly the difference between unbonded mercenaries as bandits depends very much, much on which side you're on. Uh, and if you have um, knowledge, uh, what is it? Um, civilization geography. I forget which system we're using. We've I've got your I've yes, got one well, range of geography. Um, what if anything do you know about the river raises? They're a concept that has existed. Cool. Sixteen. Okay, so. Like, you only know vaguely of them. They're yep. hardly infamous. Um, they were a band of um, highly organised, highly efficient, highly tactical bandits. Um, they didn't just raid and rob random travellers. They did smash and grabs and things like that in a very precise and organised way. She said her husband, Marlon, is a reasonably apt technician. Uh, tactician. Yeah. Um but they do not bear a reputation for being, you know, psychopaths who murder people. Excellent. They're bandits of the, you know, we will rob you and if you shoot, if you fight us, we will shoot you kind of yeah. variety. As opposed to the, well, you know, let's kill the man, rape the woman, and then um, keep there, there's, um, there's certainly, um, there's certainly worse things out there. Yeah. Yeah, so she's the non-drunken Pythagorean equivalent of the stag lord. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, I still don't like bandits very much. Yep. But, um, I do have some sympathy for her plight. And, um, yeah, and, um, yeah, basically, um, I will broach the notion that she could come in disguise, but I accept, it, 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 I accept that she, it's probably better if she stays out here unless she particularly wants to. Yeah, yeah. Unless you are amazingly confident in your capacities to either disguise her or move her magically, she's not prepared to risk it. Yeah, I... And at present, you you have no capacity to do that. You've got Michaela, who is an expert in disguises, but she's not here. Yes, and even if... And I could, of course, bring her down here. Yeah. But, um... It was mainly... It's mainly in terms of if she's... At this point, if she's happy to be camping out, you know... Happy for a given yeah, degree yeah. of the word happy. If she's prepared to continue camping out here, I think that's the safest plan. Yeah, if you have. If she particularly wanted to be um, in stag for no, what I'm quite, pro- quite the opposite. I'm uh, proposing that as a possibility. Among other things, she'd rather be here where she's at least somewhat um, in control of things and on the pulse of things. Yeah. There's a certain weariness in there where she's not um, over eager to trade one king for the other, capturing yes. her. Um, and. 
she um, basically if you have something specific you want of her and you have what seems like a reasonably rock solid way of getting her out without her Betty knowing then she'll take it but she's actually perfectly happy living out here. She's certainly not struggling to live in the wilderness in any fashion. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's all right then. Um, that being the case, um, the things I'd want of her are probably endgame style things. Yeah. At which point, you know, by that stage, rescuing her son may be more of a feasible option. At yeah. which point, if I if I rescue her son, then I kind of want her to come back to stay at Thorn at that point. So she will give you a moderately lengthy info dump about the city of Pytaxia and the palace and Iraveti and what is known there. Awesome. Um, which I can either give you now or give you later when you get there kind of thing, whatever you prefer. I wouldn't mind a general info dump now and then for you to remind me later because I know yep. very little about Pytaxia and this will give me a mental picture of what I'm heading for. Sure. Uh, do you have it on your map? I do. It's um, D10. D10? Oh, that's where I got it. I may have. Uh, it should be in E10. Ah, right. Okay. I may have written that down wrong. You told me I knew where it was, but of course I've never been there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not hard to locate. Yeah. Um, slightly more usefully to you, she can give you um, directions from here to there. Yeah. Um, in that she is parked somewhat close to a river, and she says if you follow the river south until it turns, that will lead you straight to Pytaxia. I don't have the specific here of like how big it is or how many people it has, but you probably don't care about that. No. At this point. Um, she says, Pytaxia is a modern, organized city. Pytax was set up in the previous generation by Erevedi's father. Assuming any of that's true. Castruccio inherited the throne from him and grew Pytax exponentially from what it was. It, I would have been... She said, she's thinking about it, you know, I, I would have been barely six at the time, maybe. Uh, he grew it exponentially. Efficient, clever. And then he just stopped. I never followed any of it. I was too young at the time. But Pytax has remained a solid kingdom and Pytaxia has remained a rock-solid capital city. The people there are fiercely loyal the clockwork king they get everything they could ever ask for the economy thrives the city is well defended crime is cut down fairly crime is cut down fairly efficiently and ruthlessly in short Iravidi is a well loved king if a very distant one the great palace of Pytax has been empty for as long as I can remember Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. Not even him? He must come and go, I suppose, but he's never seen to entertain visitors, hold balls. There are no servants that I know of that work in the palace. We always look for ways in around that sort of thing. The guards are entirely his clockwork men. 
I don't know where. It didn't used to be that way, or so I'm told. But one day, Pella simply shut up. A few of Erevedi's most loyal followers have come and gone. There's Gaitain that I know of, Philemon Koth, Steel Juggernaut. You'll want to be careful if you end up crossing axes with him. He's fiercely strong. Aye, aye, I know. I um, know you missed that bit of the Rushlight tournament, but it was me and him in the drunken joust. And I nearly got him, but he took me down. He's, um... Not entirely sure if he can be drunken. I don't know where Koth has come from. I don't know if he's a clockwork man or a man himself, or if he created him. It's, um... When he, um, when I nearly beat him in the tournament, Erevetti said he needed to be upgraded. I, I don't think he meant, I, I don't think he's a man. And I'm fairly certain he can't get drunk, which means it, 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 it wasn't really a fair draw, it wasn't really a fair, a fair joust, but such is life. Other than General Jurg can come and go, the commander of the Pytaxian Regiment. There are his clockwork men. There must be people inside somewhere, but I say, Irovetti holds court outside the palace in its courtyard every now and then, um, by which she means, um, uh, I can't remember the word I'm looking for here. It's the bit where citizens come to you with their problems? Yes, yes. Um, I can't remember if it's called open court or not. Um, yes, open court. But Kaylin has done exactly that sort of thing, and Erebeti does it as well. Yeah. Um, basically, religiously, or almost without fail for anything short of a minor disaster. Yeah. He has a day every week where he goes out and attends to the citizens of Pytaxia. Yeah. Um, but the palace itself is shut up pretty tight. He doesn't have diplomats going in or out. Erebeti appears to, by and large, do everything himself. He is very much, um, you know, you ask her about the count, the Royal Council of Pytax, and she can tell you there's Koth. Yeah. Um, there's General Jurg, who is um, in command of his armies, and yeah. still in sort of general role. Uh, there's Gaitain, who is his, was his royal enforcer. Yeah. And then there's the Clockwork King. He doesn't have a treasure? Apparently not. Don't or at least not one that is known. Yeah. On the other hand, he has a bunch of machines there yeah. who can probably do all his finances very efficiently. Yeah. Like, it's... Elora is, is admitting it's very possible that he's got people in there that she has no idea about, yeah. but they've never come out. Yeah. And thus, she doesn't think there's a bunch of humans sitting in there because yeah. humans don't work like that. Yeah. Humans are going to want to go out into the city and do things. On the other hand, she can completely buy that he's got a calculator for a <laughs> for a treasurer somewhere yeah. in there. Um, but the Clockwork King, the Clockwork Kingdom is very much a one-man show. Irovetti rules and controls everything, makes all the decisions himself, as far as I'm aware, and he makes them well. As I say, the people of Pytaxia find to be a very distant figure, but a well-respected and well-cared-for one. I. You'll have a problem with their hearts and minds. Aye, I know it. As I say, um, it was a lot easier with Fort Drelev. They had giants coming out to roam the streets on a nightly basis. The people weren't, weren't happy. And even there, 
It wasn't an easy thing. So, um, I'll, I think I'll step out of character for this, because yeah. I'm having trouble keeping up. Um, Iravini has a big-ass palace, an actual palace, with yes. hundreds of rooms in it. And as far as Allura is aware, there is either no one in there, or only clockwork people and a handful of things. Uh, yeah. Gaitain is the closest person to the king who is a living being, Yeah. insofar as she is aware. Um, Jurg, his general, is a, a very competent commander, but is very much not... Um, he, he actively lives out in the city, not yeah. in the palace. Gaitain is the closest person to Erevetti. It's hard to see the point of a massive giant palace just to have clockwork yeah. machines. Yeah. And she does not uh, know or understand why any of this is. Because, yeah. um, A, she wasn't around for a lot of it, and B, um, she was hardly about to go wandering through the streets of Pytaxia talking to the citizens and making streetwise checks. Yeah. So it doesn't look like there is, unlike with Drelev, it doesn't look like there's anyone there to actually suborn. Yeah. Like, there are very few people there. Yeah. And do you want to try and convince Willem or Koth to come and join your side? And also, um, you know, we can't go in as servants because he doesn't have servants. Yeah. We can go in as clockwork automatons, but it's presumably a much harder disguise, Jeff. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um... And she will tell you uh, where my taxi is. She can tell you the grounds fairly extensively. Uh, so what are these? Uh, okay, so she will give you a couple of things that are around Pytax. Yep. Um, so D8 and E8 are both farms. Okay, so that's Pytax. D8. And uh, D9 and E9 are a um, fishery and a farm, respectively. Okay. E10 is obviously Pytaxia itself. Yeah. And then um, C and D, C and D10 are both farms as well. And all of this is, in so far as she is aware, at least any of this has changed, is nicely yeah. roaded and built up and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, she tells you that there is the one thing that exists outside of Pytaxia in, uh, shortly below her, that's in C8, um, which is a place merely dubbed Littleton. Yeah. Um, which is basically somewhere that Pytax was building to until at some point Erevedi just kind of threw a circuit and stopped expanding altogether. Yeah. Um, and now it's basically a shanty town. There are people living there in a little village. Yeah. Um, that's what she's got. That. Um, um, so I'm assuming these hexes don't qualify as explored. Like, this gives me technical information, but that I, I, I don't know what's in them myself. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the, the things that would be in them that you don't know about would be armies. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure if you want to flag them as explored or not. Uh, it's whatever system is easiest for you to organise. I think I'm, I've got them written down that I know roughly what's in them, which is what I do when I get hints, but I don't want to count them as explored unless I have poke around myself, because... She doesn't know for certain these things are still there. Yeah. I mean, Erevetti might have killed some of his farms or made more or what have you, moved them around. Um, 
and she will tell you that there are a couple of sites that are known to be um, forbidden to the citizens of Pytax. Yeah. They have been told not to go there because um, they will be at great risk of their lives. Um, specifically, uh, where you have found that weird cave on the hill... The, the skull by, one? Yes. Skull fence? Yep. Yes. Um, people, that, that has been officially marked as a high danger zone from Pytax's point of view. Yeah. Citizens are not to go there because it is dangerous and they will be killed. Yeah. Not, it's not Iroveti will execute them for going there, it's, it's dangerous it's, and they and will they, be killed yeah. by the things, things that are there. there. Yeah. Um, the same applies to a place called Hemlock Island, which is in, uh, that's F8. F8, yep. Uh, that is also go here on pain of death. Um, and in B9... Hang on, I'm still writing down the last one. Sure. Cool, and in B9... In B9, there is an area that is forbidden by Eravetti. Right. Go there and you will be executed... Um, for trespassing, fundamentally. Um, So, in the cave, it's if you go there, you will be killed by the things that are there. If you go to Hemlock Island and you are not killed by the things that are there, then Eravini will execute you. And if you go to that place in the forest whatsoever, Eravini will also execute you. Um, It is off limits. And that is about what she can tell you. Obviously, you know where her camp is here. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so stuff. Alright, so um, where is her camp in this hex? Uh, there is a river running yep. through it. It is just on the bank of one of those bits of river. Okay. So, Carolyn has um, notes all this down. He has sort of turned down her she'll do anything offer. Yeah. But in, in a relatively, in endeavouring to be a relatively tactful way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got this really skeevy sense about it because yeah. it's not that Quintessa Murray style, you know, I'm seducing you because I want something from you. This is very much, you know, what she's got to offer up at this point are her swords and her body. Yeah. And, you know, if you want that, then she won't um, refuse. Yeah. Um, it's and and you read off her as there. She's doing it because that's the coin she's got to offer. Yeah. She goes to that well pretty freely. Yeah. Um, and has probably also made the same offer to Eravetti. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you can guess where that. Yeah, went. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't seem interested in in people all that much, let alone sex. Yeah. Yes, I don't think he's got the necessary equipment at this but, stage. But yeah, now that she's her back is right against the wall, it's got this really skeevy feeling about yeah. it. Like, I'll let you sleep with me if you'll, you know, save my partner from dying. It's just, yeah, 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 no. But rather than explicitly turning her down, Cameron yeah. is making it clear what he does want. Yeah. Instead. And yeah, that is about what's there. Cool. 
So she gives you a big pile of informations and secret letters for the River Raiders. Excellent. So Callum will note down that he has the secret letter. And will also um, obviously give you descriptors of her, you know, son and um, partner and all that sort of thing. So if you find them, you will know who they are. Yes. And um, Callum will ask if there's anything he can offer to make the camp more comfortable. She sort of nods and says, you know, she doesn't really want you to uh, necessarily come back here just for that on the off chance you'll be followed or spotted or whatever. But if you're wandering vaguely around this area at some point, if you want to drop off like a big bag of supplies and tents and clothes and miscellaneous odds and bods, yeah, then um, that would be most appreciated. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll work out kind of a drop point because yeah. she's roaming around anyway. Very much so. I've already explored a bunch of places. So like um, the next hex over um, D6 is an undifferentiated hill hex with nothing in particular in it. So she can sort of I'll just kind of casually abandon some stuff and she can um, drop over and, you know, and bury it in cache it somewhere and she can just drop over and have a lucky fight. Um, and um, I will offer her Gaitane's tent and bedroll. <laughs> she sort of looks at them, stares at them in vague confusion from around there. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Because they're probably quite good quality or things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she will lose no sleep and give no shits that Gaitane is dead. Yeah. That's just all upside for her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of get the impression that you know the, the closest to anyone who will shed a tear for him is the Ravetti. Yeah. Um, Unless he's got friends back in the Corvos and whereabouts. Like he is not particularly popular with the people of Pytax either because yeah. he's a weird, creepy, skulky rat person. Yeah. And, and is basically the only one in Pytax that don't have an active population. Yeah, because he's from, he's, uh, we're at from Corvosa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people more or less just put up with him because Erebeti keeps him, and as far as she can tell, the relationship there appears to be completely loyal. Yeah. Erebeti continually looks after Gaitane, Gaitane does what Erebeti tells him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see, as the only person in Gaitan's life who ever gave a shit about him, I can see why he's, um, yeah, was fanatically well, loyal to it's, him. It's more, Erevedi is not the kind of person to be put off by the fact that someone's a were rat. He'll yeah. just sort of nod, accept that, and move on to how he can use it. Yeah. But the thing is that, um, Erevedi's a good leader. Not a good person, yeah. but a good leader. He doesn't arbitrarily screw people. And yeah, she knows... And I mean, what he's done with um, this girl, Elora, is really rough, but on the other hand, many kings would have executed her yeah. for what she, yeah, she executed them. She was actively captured as, as a bandit queen. Yeah, Caelan would have... Uh, Caelan would potentially have executed a lot of them. Yeah, but that's not your public reputation. Yeah. Because you are known to have harboured bandits yes, and made true. them counsellors and rulers of your kingdom. Yeah. So this is what she's running off. Yeah. Because of course it's you know much less interesting is the story about um, you know that one creepy rapey guy that was in the bandits that you just kind of knocked off and never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, rapey, rapey. Dovin from Nisra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he just died ignobly in book one and was never heard from him again. Yes. In all fairness, the, um, given what Dovan from Nisrock like, like, there were a bunch of other bandits that I could potentially have bonded with, but Dovan from Nisrock was always going down. Oh, that would, yeah, that would have just gone horribly. <laughs> what? Other bandits? No, no, Dovan. Yeah, like, you know, Trying like, to make him a counsellor. Yeah, you know. Um, um, Goody Nesco would just get into him so hard. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah. <laughs> like, she can absolutely use the creepy guy that abuses women. Yeah, no, no, no. The, um, no, um, I, I knew Dovan of Nisrock for 20 minutes, and if I hadn't already been going to kill him, I would have killed him just based on those 20 minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I might not have too. I might, um, yeah. I might have, um, you know, a whole band of them is a, is a lot to be dealing with. Yeah. I've definitely killed a moderate number of isolated bandits. Yeah, but, but your public face is that um, you are absolutely the sort of king who is prepared to make alliances with bandits. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that I, I have done that before. I am prepared to do it again. All right. So yes. So um, yeah. Um, I um. I'm happy to play out dropping off some supplies yeah. to her, but I'm also happy to just stipulate that I do that next time. Cause and the other thing she tells you that is of extremely limited value to you at this point is that Gaitane and a bunch of clockwork, um, strange, strange sort of squat, strange sort of squat, but white clockwork men went up to White Rose Abbey. Which is obviously yep. Gaitain, his ambush party. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah but you know, you have that... in fact accounted for all of them at this point. Well, that's good to know. Um, and it's handy to know when they're already centered down there. At some, point when you've been, at some point when you've been poking around right Rose Abbey, the ones that were, that were invisible that you never saw that died to fireballs will just appear. Yeah. There's another burnt out droid there. Mm, that's, but yeah, um, White Rose Abbey has never been off limits to anyone. Yeah. Um, Presumably, Gaitain would have either shot or chased off random Pythaxian citizens that came up there, but it's not one of Erevedi's forbidden areas. Yeah. For whatever that is worth. So, um, next month that I come down here, I've, um, crossed 100 GP off my character sheet for mundane items. Yeah. I'm going to, given that she already has a tent and bedroll, I'm going to bring, like, some better blankets, some actual food, because Kaylin traditionally travels with, like, food supplies as opposed to rations. Yeah. You know, dozen bottles of mead. Sounds like a plan. And that kind of thing. And I'm going to, um, in a, in a little case, a scroll of sending, which I will yep, cross off sense. the party loot. Yeah. And, um, basically, um, hang on, no, she can't use sending because she's not a cleric. No, um, that's true. Um, what's, uh, there, there must be an equivalent, um... Uh, if you pass me a player's, uh, I think as a ranger she can theoretically cast Animal Messenger. Um, That's better than nothing. Although she might be able to do that herself. Uh, give me a moment here. I could give her a potion of Al's Wisdom. <laughs> no, she's, she's already quite canny, thank you. Um, no, it is a good thought, but largely useless to her. She can't use a scroll of sending. Yeah. Uh, and she can already cast Animal Messenger herself. Okay. She will actively start preparing it. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm so used to everyone having or being cleric that yeah. I, I forgot, so scratch that one. That's right, I've already crossed off the month. So it will just be the mundane equipment. Yeah, what she will do is, um, get you to, um, 
tell her at length about a place she can send an animal to in the the castle, generally. Yeah. Like, if I send it here, will someone actually come and get a message off of it? Yeah. Cool. Yes, so, um, basically the deal is I won't try to contact her again unless I'll send her a sending scroll if the situation changes in some profound way. Yeah. You know, like we rescue the kid or whatever. Yeah. Or I'll come down here and talk to her personally, one of those two. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to try not to contact her again um, until the situation changes. Yeah. And she'll presumably, if the river rats get sent north, she'll presumably get hear about them all getting killed. Yes. River raises get sent north. Well, I mean, among other things, you could tell her that. Yeah. Operation done. Yes. Marlin in our custody. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I'll communicate that to her if that happens. Cool. And, um, yeah, if she can, if she, and I will pass along... If she finds the river raises, to send me a me- definitely yeah. send me a message about that. Yeah, but she, I'm assuming she, she probably she isn't is going not to. expecting to because she doesn't roam all that far from yeah. here. Yeah, and evidently they're not within Kui of this immediate area. Yeah, and she doesn't know much about the surrounding hexes. Uh, she can certainly give you the terrain. Yeah, um, she's not aware of anything in them that she has either run across or um, is aware of from her past. Yeah. Um, it is, um, so, okay, well, I don't know what you've done, um, um, I know, um, C5 is mountains. Yep, uh, and then going down C, you've got 6 and 7 are both forest. Uh, so, hang on, uh, sorry, is that B6 and 7? Uh, sorry, um, uh, B6 and C7, sorry. Uh, yep, there both we are. Forest. Uh, both forest. Yep, that makes sense. And that's what she's poked around in. She yep. deliberately hasn't gone outside uh, so the, the river road. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, and you know, like there isn't forest to the other side. Yeah, because it's hills. Yeah, but she deliberately hasn't gone out there because then she doesn't have the cover somewhere to hide, the ability to use her ranger powers to hide in plain sight, etc., etc., etc. But yes, so um, I will, um, you know, and and some, um, you know, like um, soap. Soap. Yeah. Some, it's a bit you What the girl needs is soap. Yeah, soap and um, you know, um, maybe some nice, um, nice backup weapons, extra, but yep. a few ba- backup weapons, extra arrows, that kind of thing. Always, always welcome. Yep. Cool. So I consider that, even though I haven't done that yet, I consider that to be done because that's, that's relatively easy is to arrange. It's pretty trivial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And um, so and all right. And um, Kel will reach out and um, clasp her hand. We have a deal. We have a deal. Yeah. I don't have a lot in common with Castrovsky or Vessi, but when I give my word, I keep it. She nods at this. So, so I hear. Good. Alright. Stay safe. Let me know if you hear all that I, that you want me to know. Yep. And you leave the camp and then we get sort of the cutscene of she pulls her sword out, twirls it in her hand. Keep your word. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Stabs it into the ground. (laughs) Cause she's really just like, she's betting on you because you're the horse she's got. Yeah. 
Because realistically, if Erevidi runs you over, the next threat to him is fiddly fuck. Yeah. I mean, Mivon, Mivoy now poses an active, a threat to him, as does Dagamark in an indirect fashion, but he yeah. hasn't shown any great signs of advancing on them in any hurry. Yeah, and um, if he did somehow manage to conquer Stagthorn, he'd, um, assuming he could hold it, he'd become significantly more powerful. Yes. Yes, but... He's not a guy, um, this is the first war that Pytax has started. Yeah. Everyone else went to war with him. Well, I actually wonder if he would even try to hold Stagthorn, or if he'd just take the things he want out of Kill Kale and take Bryn the sword and first and just fucking and just leave again. It, yeah, yeah and just leave it. Who knows? It depends what he wants. Yeah. Hmm? Which is still very ambiguous. Yeah. Cool. So you know some forbidden areas where everybody doesn't want, necessarily want you to go. Cool, well that's useful information because I want to go there. And um, we will finish exploring um, C6. Yep, it is hilly with a bit of forest at the edge and the river going down. Yep. And it has a Laura's camp there. Yeah, and we will um, head down into D7. Uh, you know the name of the forest that is there too, it's really publicly known as the Forest of a Thousand Voices. Yes. <laughs> or Thousand Voices, depending on which you prefer. D7. Cool. So, the river runs basically down from where it enters, almost straight down to the next hex. Cool. So, into, um, d- into D8? Uh, into C8. It is hilly terrain, and that is what is found here. I don't desperately want to roam around the shanty town and the farms and things without someone with either stealth or disguise. It's hard to argue with. You are um, probably reasonably conspicuously recognisable in that there aren't many that that many half orcs in fancy armour around here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Ironically, Erevedi is one of the people with no half orc prejudice whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and I think we will. Alright, so, um, and then, um, we head a fair way back up. Yep. Um, into, um, D3, and spend another day, um, just kind of riding most of a good chunk north. Yep. Um, and then, um, from, uh, sorry, into E3, and then, um, from E3, we'll um, head into D2. D2. Cool. So, in the southwestern edge of the hex, it has just the end tip of the Brathlin Mountains. Yeah. And that is then where they run out. Um, so this hill, this hex is primarily hilly. Cool. And that is what it's got. Explore that. And, um, head up to D1. Uh, and here there are hills as you head in, but it is um, it is beginning to give way into the marsh from, from Draylor's lands. And it is a swamp? It is a swamp hex. Okay. And... I can sort of do it all the swamp on if you desire. No, that's okay. I don't normally do um, swamp. So, yep, we explore the swamp hex. Yep. It's swampy. Yep. 
Logically a useless piece of terrain. Yep. And um, what I will do is head into C1. Um, And and just look at it on the way out. Yep. It's swamp as well. Cool. Because I'm kind of looking for a um, route to take the army down. Yep. And um, there's kind of a lot of bog up this top area. Yep. I've got this kind of hill path, but it's a bit of a, a, a zigzag route. Yep. Yeah, he's got that, that nice defensible mountain range up the top is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, that's right. The, there's a nice grassland route off to the, um, off to the east, but it does go right through that skull grotto. Yep. Yeah, but still, that grassland is probably the easiest way to get down to the armies. Yeah, I mean, cool. you don't presumably want to march your armies through there without at least some understanding of what's there and why. Yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily have to kill off all the monsters in order to get your army there, because it is just a big a hill that's mm. there. You can go around it. But, um... Yeah, no, that's... Until you have some understanding whether the things in it are going to fly out and eat your armies or ignore them completely or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like me as a plan, but still, that's starting to get a, um fairly good understanding of quite a bit of the terrain. Cool. And at that point, um, we trek through the swamp without really exploring it in a northerly direction. Yep. And um, a couple of hexes north of that, um, yep. we are on a, we are a road lines. back to... Um, uh, one hex north of that, we're on a road, we're on our land, and a couple of hexes north, we hit the road back up to Fort Drayleth. And there you are. Yes. Back in your own lovely kingdom again. Yes. At which point we make it home to Elksris. Yep. And assuming nothing startlingly perilous has happened in our absence. Indeed, nothing startlingly perilous has happened in our absence. Then I will go see Tristram and tell him about the mysterious boulder of Gaitany. Caitlin, what can I do for you? I, um, Svetlana and I found something interesting down in, um, Pytax that I thought you might be able to shed some light on. We went to Rose Abbey. Hey thinks for a moment and um, unlike Tristan's more usual, he doesn't immediately sort of go, ah, well, yeah, blah, 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 blah. He's definitely in a very distracted sort of mood. Yeah. Um, like his mind is on his own sort of... Did problems, yes. Romantic trials and troubles. And you, you see him sort of think and pull himself back to, ah, uh, White, White Rose, White Rose. Ah, the the abandoned abbey has had priests of Caden Caelan there last, I believe, and several more going going back for for some while, I think. I uh, I think I think I understand now why none of them have stayed put. Oh, it's um, there seems to be some sort of artifact there, and Caelan bought this, and um, gatekeepers seem very interested in it. Gatekeeper seemed interested in it. Did it speak to you? Uh, no, but I um, got a sort of sense. And um, Caelan will describe the the bit of the abbey that wasn't, and the boulder, and this, you know, like, and the three sword symbols, and um, trying to figure out how to open it with Gatekeeper and failing, and Svetlana trying and failing. Huh. Interesting. Well, I think you're on the right track. It, it must be a magical... I, I would guess it's more likely to be a doorway to something maybe beneath the abbey in the hill, maybe, given its complexity, something more unusual than that. Uh, definitely 
I would guess linked to the Fae, because Gatekeeper was Mab's sword, or at least the sword that she had left defended. I I think this might be why Drelev wants Gatekeeper so badly. And you know that Blight was the was and you know I, I presume you've told him what you yeah. saw of her Vetti's vision. And you know that Irvetti took Blight from Oberon's defences. Aye. So I'm thinking there has to be a third sword. Makes sense. There or somewhere else in Pythax. We certainly haven't found it anywhere anywhere in our current lands. It might be that Irvetti has it and is keeping it quiet. Maybe you need all three to go through. Possibly. Although you say Gatekeeper gave you a lot of strength in attempting to activate this thing. I a plus 20 bonus to your use magic device. Aye, I, I might just have... I, I might have been... I, but if... I, I just can't figure out why he wants another sword if he's already... Um, if he's already got... If I could get in with Gatekeeper, then presu- just Gatekeeper, if I'd been able to figure it out, then presumably he could get in with Blight. Presuming that he'd been able to manifest the power. Using magic devices is a very complicated art. I, I've never been able to really wrap my head around itself. It involves a certain level of, how to put this, metaphysical bluff. You need to convince the item that you are dealing with that you are the that you are whatever it seeks if for example you have a holy avenger a blade that responds to the hands of a paladin you can wield it as an assassin you simply need to convince it that you are a paladin that involves lying to yourself in your own head changing your very essence it's it's extremely complicated i'm not surprised you couldn't do it if it's a particularly difficult item to activate Logic would suggest that Rivetti probably has the same problem you have, assuming that he hasn't already accessed it and removed whatever he found there. But and I will um, at this point tell him about Gaitane. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd have Gaitane parked on the hill if he'd already recovered. It seems like he was worried about. He, he thought I'd come there. That makes sense. And then he, you know, being a man to take his chances, he could have me assassinated and prevent me from accessing whatever it is. It's not a great surprise that there are three blades. Uh, the three is three is a very is, is a very magical number and a great symbol of the Fey. Uh, the three High Lords and Ladies over on Mad Titania. I would imagine hers is the third sword. Come Logic to, would suggest. Come to that, I. Have I ever asked her about the swords? No. You know, it occurs to me I should probably ask. Because you, you've only actually very recently come to the assessment that Gatekeeper is something more than just a sword that was kept in a fey tomb. I kind of always knew it was a, myth- a mythicish sword because you know that's pretty much what I got told when yeah. I wielded it. I got told this was a this is a sword for a guardian of these. This is a sword that Mad left to be a guardian of these lands. But logic suggests that if logic suggests that Veravidi had, yeah, you're right. Veravidi had whatever was beneath it, then he wouldn't have needed to guard it with Gaitain. If he had the third blade, then why not use it? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I don't think he has a third blade. And logic would suggest if Gatekeeper was like a key in a lock to help you open it, two swords would be twice as powerful as one. If he's tried and failed once, he may need the the second blade to have another try. I um, what Tristan's what Tristan believes is that if one sword gives you a plus twenty bonus to your use magic device checks, 
two swords gives you an increasingly bigger bonus to your use magic advice checks. Um, however, it is possible to open it with only... His guess is that the check is so high that if you only if you have two you can probably open it if you have only one if if you're both if you had both blight and gatekeeper it would probably be a reasonable sim, reasonably simple matter to force your will upon it and open it if you only possessed one blade you'd need to be skilled at fooling such artifacts and devices and if you had none at all then i suspect it could be done but you would have to be a master of your craft beyond anyone i've heard of i if you had neither of them and a sufficiently ridiculous use magic device check, you could pull it off, but we're talking Amico diplomacy levels here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not actually necessarily beyond your people, but no one here has um, mm. gone into use magic device. So you're not... Um, do you think if, um, if you went down there, you could have a crack at it? I certainly could. I don't know that... I would get substantively farer than you or Svetlana. Both of you have powerful personalities. I I can see see that. I'm just used to you, you knowing uh, knowing what there is to be known. But this is I'd certainly I'd certainly be happy to make the attempt if it's something linked to the Fae. It could be fascinating. It's um I can promise you if um I ever think I've got a better chance of go- going back down there, I'll um bring you along. Yeah. I.e. basically, um, he has no ranks in use magic device. He does have a nice high charisma because he's um, a bard. Yeah. On the other hand, Svetlana is a paladin sorceress. Oh, yeah. So her charisma is even higher than his. Yeah. But on the other hand, it depends what she rolls, what he would roll, etc. But basically, if you've had one crack at it, that's it until you change your circumstances. But you can theoretically pass Gatekeeper to everyone you know. Yeah, and, and, but that's, um, yeah, but Swetlana and I have had our crack at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Bryn is not exactly stunningly charismatic. Yeah, I, I don't think Bryn is the missing ingredient this problem has been looking for. But yeah, like, in theory, if you were sufficiently dedicated to this, you could go and, like, find items that would boost your use magic device and a bunch of other bits and pieces you could do for it. But it does seem like, a, like if I can't pull it off with Tristram, I can, um... I can go kill Irvetti and take his yeah, sword yeah. and then go back there. Yeah. Uh, Michaela does have a, um... Fairly confident she has a circlet of persuasion on. Uh, maybe not. But does that give, even if she does, does that give her a bit and use magic device? It gives her a plus three to all charisma-related skill checks. Ah, uh, yeah. Which include use magic device. She just can't do it otherwise because she's not trained in it. Yeah. But Gatekeeper um, gets around that. Yeah. That said, that still doesn't give her... Um, that gives her a plus five, Svetlana a plus five, and Tristan a plus four. So yeah. it's kind of much of a muchness. Uh, and no, she doesn't have a um, she doesn't have a circle of um, persuasion. Can Kristram inspire confidence? Yes, yes, he can. Can he inspire confidence on himself? I don't believe he can. Ah, uh, yeah. It would make sense. I don't know that for a fact, though. He, like, he can inspire courage in himself, and I'm pretty sure greatness in himself, so it's very much much, much uh, A bard cannot inspire confidence in himself. It makes sense, because it's a single target effect. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I have information about mysterious boulders. Yep. Yeah, so, um... Uh, Tristan's message is, with two swords, you can get a larger bonus to use magic device. Um... 
in theory, you could also cheat it by anything else that will raise your charisma or raise your use magic device. Yeah. Uh, you can get yourself a re-roll by doing that sort of thing. Um, I will frown on you, like, going down there with five Scrolls of Eagles, Splendor, and casting them one after another. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, one. Uh, but, I can go down there with a Scroll of Eagles, Splendor. But if you load yourself up with the Scroll of Eagles, Splendor, and Magic Cloaks, and the Circles of Persuasion, and brings of use magic device and whatever the fuck else you you can muster, you can have another shot at it. Yeah. Which is certainly a possibility because scrolls of evil splendor aren't um, terribly expensive. Yeah. Um, it would uh, do nothing for Svetlana because she's already wearing a plus four cloak of charisma. Yeah, but Caitlin doesn't have a charisma buff thing on as a routine. As is Tristan for that matter, so that's easy. Mm-hmm. As I think about it, yes. um, more info dumped from Tristan regarding that. Yes. Um, says, he says to you, I, I would say for a certainty that um, whatever is beneath there, you will find some other manner of challenge. Um, in much the same way Mab's cave was defended by ice, and Oberon's would seem defended by wood. Uh, I would expect to encounter... Who can honestly say what some manner of challenge or guardian if you should activate the thing? Uh, but I do wonder, Boulder itself seems so earthly. Uh, I, I would guess it is probably sealing something off, maybe a crack into the first world itself. We've found areas already that bleed thinner through into the mortal realm. And there are places in the first world that are still of their own strength. Uh, the fable, that sort of thing, that are uh, strong locations that existed in the first world. It could be a gateway to one of them, perhaps. I wondered if it, I wondered if it was something something of that ilk. I can't imagine it's as, as perhaps simple. to a particular place in the first world that you can't get into any other way. It would make sense. I can't imagine there's anything as simple as just levering the boulder aside with enough strength would reveal a nice convenient hole. Nay, I think um, either you won't be able to move the... Uh, I wouldn't be able, either I wouldn't be able to move the boulder, or if I did, there'd just be earth beneath. And, um... Uh, presuming that you have info dumped basically everything to Tristan here... Yep. Uh, and he says, well, presumably the sword would be neither in the custody of Oberon nor Mab. Um, Titania would be the obvious third party, although you say you heard Puck there. Uh, yes. Yes, so that's... Like, his two guesses are it quite certainly isn't Oberon or Mab guarding the head that have set up guardians on that. His first guess would be Titania, but given you heard Puck there, his second guess would be Puck. Yeah, well, the thing is... Um... That would fit in terms of if the three swords are Oberon, Mab, and Titania, then where they take you is presumably, could conceivably be none of those, none of the above, at which point Puck is the logical fourth man. Yeah. Uh, Mab's one was very grounded in the mortal world. It was a physical tomb that was hidden within a hill that then basically magically exploded with ice and destroyed itself. Oberon's one you don't know because you've only got a fleeting vision of it, and who knows what the fuck this is. Yeah. So, um, you've actually reminded me. Yes. Um, having talked to Tristram, I want to talk to Titania about it. Oh, certainly. Do you want to do that now? 
Yes, that seeing we're here and having that conversation. So, you have not heard from her in a while. Oh yeah, she was um, a bit... I want to talk to her assuming she's um, up to talking to me. Yes. Yes. Um, and what you get is, is you basically sort of reach out with your mind to her grasping the amulet the amulet isn't it I keep forgetting what yeah it is a, it's it's a, grasping it's a, the amulet you've got so reach out to her and you hear her voice sounds slightly far away and slightly tired but more like somebody who is beginning to wake up from a very long nap than somebody who is completely exhausted alright um, and so it's Titania 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 always three times and you hear this sort of half-tired, half-waking voice. Cam Peacebringer, you seek my counsel. If you're well for it, lady. Please. So I do not have to travel quite as far. Step into my home. And there is sort of this door that wasn't there a few minutes ago that looks like a normal wooden door except the fact that it's glowing with blistering light coming out the other end. Yeah, and Kaelin will go through it. And she takes you through to a room that you've been in a couple of times before, not substantive amounts. Um, She has basically this great fancy bedroom... um, with a large number of windows, many of which were shut or were curtained off. Um, now, as you get here, significantly more of them are opened, and they all look out onto varying bits of Stagthorn in different bits and pieces and places. Um, and Titania herself is lying in the bed, posed very classically, seductively, you know, yeah. one arm up here, it's not really that she's making any concrete effort to seduce you, it's just it's kind of in her nature yeah, to be this, this is, sort this of is, thing. This is just the fae are inherent, the, the, particularly the high fae are inherently kind of alluring. Oberon does not move you, but you're not a woman, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaelin Peacebringer, I am. Uh, she thinks. As you would understand it, Waking up again, I am regaining my strength from the ceiling of the outer dark. I will be back to myself soon enough. I'm glad to hear it. And Kaelin will bow slightly to her, which is what he does these days, yeah. and come and sit down on the on the side of the bed. If you're not. All energy, all energy, and all power has its limits, as you well know. Aye, but um, thank you. Um, I appreciate you um, protecting the kingdom and saving all their lives. I wanted to ask you about something. I don't know how much you're picking up on at the moment, but I've been to White Rose Abbey. She looks slightly blank at this and sort of gives you a vague nod of, Um, yep. It's a um, it's a temple, but there's something beneath it, a sort of stone with markings for three swords. She looks confused. I do not... 
I did, have not seen it. Perhaps I was drifting and missed this part. And I will tell her about the boulder and the way Gatekeeper reacted to it. And can you give me a reflex set? Ooh, okay. Uh, net 20. Cool. So, the second the word gatekeeper passes your lips, there is a sudden bang like being hit with a freight train, and you are bowled forcibly, you, you just find yourself being bowled forcibly back out into whatever room you were standing in in Elkrest Castle, and go roll, 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 smack up against the wall, managing to brace yourself hard enough not implant yourself into the stone. Oops. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you may give me a sense motive check there if you. It, it um, Gallon thinks he knows what we're down there having having experienced that. Uh, twenty three. Yeah. So, Titania truly looks um blank there. Whatever happened in White Rose Abbey, um, it's less that she was drifting and wasn't paying attention to it, as she just didn't follow it at all. Yeah. Any part of it. Cool, alright, and maybe that's something that I shouldn't be meddling here. Um, and it's, it's not something that she, this is not a reaction from her. Yeah. She has not gone, ah, you said gatekeeper, be banished from my realm yeah. forever. It came from... Her realm? Uh... Can I have a look at your character sheet? Wondering what you would use to draw this conclusion. Yeah, in the absence of any sort of useful professions or fascinating knowledge of the plants, is I would take a wisdom check. Cool. Perhaps it came from the sword. Uh, 24. Uh, it's somewhere, certainly. Yeah. Uh, it is... Put it this way, it is not something that she deliberately did to you. She did not yeah. go, ah, you go away, smack... It yeah. could be something that she did completely unconsciously to you. Yeah. A reflexive part of her nature or her power or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just bowls you out. And after a moment of confusion, disruption, yeah. you hear her voice again. Uh, you know, the, the usual call three times. Kaylin? 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 Sounding somewhat quizzical. Uh, and Kaylin um, brushes and picks himself up off the palace wall that he's been... I, I picture a very, um, you know, uh, <laughs> a wily coyote hole in the wall. Well, not 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 the hole in the wall, but play out in one of those silhouette style yeah. things against the wall. Yeah, picks himself up and dusts himself off, and then sighs, shakes himself, and goes back through the portal. You left suddenly. Uh, n- not by choice. <laughs> Brushes his elbow where the br- the big bruise is starting. <laughs> Were you called back to the mortal plane? Nay, I, um, think of, I spoke of something I'm not supposed to. She looks confused and bemused again. And, she, and then, almost, there's that slight angry again, but as you have seen so many times, she only gets, you know, irritated as opposed to angry. And she says, what other force removes, what other force removes you from my fable? I don't know. I don't know. But, um... 
maybe if I approach it more indirectly, there are some swords. Bang! Out. Hmm? The yep. same thing happens again. Yeah. I just said there are some swords. I presume that your your intent is your obvious intent is obvious. Yes. Yes, I was endeavouring to suggest there are some swords that belong to certain fae yep. ladies. Yep. And it throws you out and smacks you up against the wall again. And again, like, after a brief moment, you hear Kaelin? Kaelin? Kaelin will pick himself up more slowly this time. Come back here. What manner of sorcery is this? What are you doing? I don't know, but I think I'm going to stop. I would not see you brought in pain, and she will lay a hand on your elbow where it is bruised and actually cast a healing spell on it. I... I would see your kingdom only have peace. Aye, I know, lady. I don't think that the... Whatever this is, I think I'm... I'm meddling in something beyond what I understand. It's, um... It's alright. It was only something I wanted your advice on. But I don't think... I, I don't know what it is that it's interfering, but I, I don't think I'm supposed to have it. <laughs> And she looks uh, bemused, but very much intrigued. And you—you you must tell me more of this. It—it uh, it, it appears to be a bit a bit difficult. <laughs> and at this point, you may give me another wisdom check. That would be great, because I am pretty stuck. On the other hand, that I have just rolled very poorly indeed. That is a seventeen. You draw no useful further information from the GM. Uh, Beyond the fact that it is obvious that uh, from her point of view you have just kind of been here and then not. Yeah. Like she has not seen you fly out of the room or anything like that. And indeed you don't get the sensation that something is throwing you so much you've just kind of been violently and forcibly plane shifted back again. Yeah. And um she she will keep very profusely, you know, asking you questions about what it is that you want to tell her and yeah. what's happening. But, I, but I'm thinking here that I'm calling on her. Um, she has things that she can't talk about. Yes. So I'm thinking that she understands that um, sometimes there are things that there is some kind of um, magical prohibition against talking about and that I seem to have run into one of those. But... My nature, but my nature is that of the first world in the Fae. You are mortal. You have choice. Aye. But, um, it's... When it comes to the gods, it's my understanding that there are agreements between them about how their powers cross and don't, clerics and the light, that there are things that they can do and things that they can't, not because they couldn't necessarily, but because they've sort of agreed not to. Gods. Your new gods are no part of me. Aye, I know, but I'm thinking there must have been something, there must be something similar for the great lords and ladies of the Fae. 
does this touch upon Garona? The hag is not welcome here. Nay. She is no part of the fable or to Thania. I think it touches on the other two. She nods, clearly understanding that reference. But I don't know... I don't know what it is. But I, um... They have... That is not a mortal concern. I... It seems... I don't know where the lines are or which one I'm tripping over. And she sort of stares around vaguely at the the room, the sky, the ceiling, and then begins, you know, you know raise the hand to sort of give you a brief stopping to let you know what she is doing before she starts casting a shitload of spells. Yeah. And starts casting a bunch of things that produce no obvious um, visual effects. She's not throwing fireballs or anything in that neighborhood. And she looks around. There should be no power in the fable, but what is brought to it. I, um, my power and my home. Caitlin, without saying anything at all, yeah, glances down, glances over his shoulder at where. And this is my intent here is not to signal something to Titania. Yeah, my intent is to establish something for myself. Yeah, because I've crossed into this otherworldly fey realm. Yeah, in my customary castle oh, attire, yeah. leather attire. Yeah. Which includes Gatekeeper? Yes. Does it appear to be in its sheath? Yes, it does. It is sitting right where you expect it to be, doing nothing in particular. It is yep. not glowing, singing, projecting yep. lights, etc., etc. No. Yeah, I, I think that's true. There's, there's nothing in here but what was brought here. And you can give me a sense motive check here. Fifteen. She sort of looks at you, watches your searching eyes, and you draw no further conclusions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I. If you, if you cannot or will not speak of this, then I do not know what I can do for you, Captain I I fear that I I can't ask you about this. Um, I just wanted to to let you know what had happened to me so you weren't worried, like. Have some time. I will, when my strength returns fully, I will be able to overcome these magics that have placed bindings upon you. I, um, I might be able to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing with a bit more time. But for now, I just wanted to let you know that I'm all right. It, it, it having sort of accidentally left and worried you like it is the same as when you choose to leave but much faster <laughs> and at which point Kaelin will talk to her a little bit of just other things that are happening in the kingdom yeah. and then take his leave in a more polite yeah, and less yeah. she she wants, she wants to know how the war is going from the perspective of someone that is not in any way a general, doesn't understand the movements of armies. Yeah. Um, this is completely over her head. Yeah. Um, 
But she's, you know, she wants Pytex defeated. She wants peace brought back to the lands. Uh, she wants the Clockwork King removed because he's bad, fundamentally. Yeah, fundamentally. yeah she's been explained extremely explicit about that point. Yeah. Uh, and you can make me another sense motive check. Uh, no. Just, just, no. Or I can't. Stupid Titania. <laughs> They're rolling 20s. Yep. I got a 24 that time if she had just had the decency to roll the two. Yep. No. <laughs> That is, that is, you draw no further information from the GM. Yep. And then, after I, um, make it out in one piece, yep. I am going to tell Tristram about what happened in the hopes that he can draw more of a useful conclusion than I can. Alright. Um, and we'll get you to describe this several times yep. and what it felt like and etc. etc. And, She's dead right. The sensation was when when you go to Tanya, it's somewhere between you physically walking to a place, somewhere between you plane shifting, and somewhere between you thinking yourself into it functionally. Yeah. Um, you know, among other things, that she needs your permission permission to come here to see you. You need her permission to go to the fable to see her. Um, Tristan will um, tell you that that sort of thing is very much bound up in um, I think you as the player would understand this one perfectly the conception like the king is the land yeah. that kind of thing she can't walk on your lands without your permission because you're the king kind of thing and vice versa to her she is the queen of her own realm yeah um, this is well I think that maybe I'd never really thought about bringing Gatekeeper in with me before. It's never caused any problem in the past, though. No, but I've, I, I, I haven't been poking it before. It's the first time I ever actually seen Gatekeeper while I was in there. Or presumably gesticulated at her with the blade, draw... Draw, draw it upon her, anything in that neighborhood? Most oh, people would anyway. I mean, you have, you have seen her, right? There's like... A, a six hectares of jungle that used to be mountains up northwards. I'm not completely daft. Well, yes, certainly the fable would be a most unwise place to challenge her. It's. Um... I, I don't want to challenge her at any time in any place, but of in all places, that's the last one I'd, I'd do it in. It's one of the last remnants, supposedly, of what's left of the first world. Uh, Titania's house at the end of time, I suppose. I mean, it's her. It's her place. Is the boneyard is for Asmus. It's um. It's where her power's greatest. And I, I personally think her power's not, nothing to be messed with in any in any plane. So uh, Tristan will endeavour to make a knowledge the planes check. <laughs> go go gadget knowledge monkey. He sort of thinks about this and he says, then there's no power in the fable but what she bit was brought into it. We know from experience that Gairona has attempted to resurrect Gudineska from within where you, from where Titania took her within the fable. And we know that she's failed. Titania's power blocks her. It's a matter of deific intervention in much the same way that 
you wouldn't be able to call on Abadar's guidance in the boneyard to aid you directly, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas in the first vault, his power would be absolute. Uh, it can't be the intervention of another source. It has to be either her or you. Or something that you brought with you, he says, as he looks at Gatekeeper. Aye, that's that's what I'm thinking, and Kayla at this point gestures to the great sword. It, it felt roughly, experience-wise, it felt very much like when I um, thought um, Mab was Titania and I got a face full of ice. That's that's a very fair comparison. It, that is Mab's blade. I the and blade that she chose, chose or was tasked to guard. And perhaps she doesn't want me speaking of it to Tanya. I didn't think of that before and, I um, and he will sort of landed gesture, on my head. He will sort of gesture at your scabbers with tape, gatekeeper, turns it over. So like, this but must it, be more than just what it appears to be, just a blade for cutting things. I, am, I, I always thought that, but I'm getting the conclusion it's even more than I first thought. I wonder... I think I'm, I'm going to leave it behind when I, um, go, when I talk to Tanya in future. It's obviously Fae in origin. Is it? Comes to that, we've never um, had you um, ask the First World about it specifically, now have we? No, I, I suppose not of that. We always knew everything Gatekeeper did. It was a corrosive blade that bred, bled acid. Well, I don't think I necessarily thought I knew everything it did. But by the time you developed that ability, it, I'd had it for such a long time already, it just never occurred to me. It's, it, it's certainly something I could try with Gatekeeper here. It would be comparatively swift within half an hour or so easy, easily. Well, let's give it a try. Um, so explicitly for this conversation, Kalen is not wearing his amulet. Yep. And um, while we do this, is not going to be wearing the amulet either. Sure. Yeah, this general sort of task. Yeah, yeah. Under, understood. Yeah. Um, the, um, he he customarily doesn't wear it around the palace where he's with his family, a, a, or just having. A, but he does wear it generally when he's on kingdom business. Well, the nature of the blade must be bound up in the fay. If if there are three of them, which um. You didn't actually have any knowledge of before you found that bowler, I believe. No, although it was clearly a blade, very much like it. Although it is a logical, it is a logical conclusion. I had had the. uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I'd had at least a vague notion that there might be a third one out there. He says there there are certain concepts that are innate to the Fae. Who and what they are. The the rule of three is has a great deal of magical strength to it. Likewise, metaphor. Things in the first world are not always what they appear to be. You've been there times, distances, perceptions, things taller and shorter than they should be simultaneously. As a sword, you know swords. What does this do as a metaphor? Cuts through things? It cuts. It kills. It's... I suppose you could say it opens... Gatekeeper itself it gar- keeps the gate, guards the gate. It, it gate? holds. It it guards the gate between one place and another. You could use it to defend, to stop people coming through, or 
to stop um, other things coming through. We know the Fae are opposed in their nature to, who chose to oppose the out and die. Perhaps. The gatekeeper could, gatekeeper could be partially responsible for keeping the gates, the gateways to the out and die sealed. That's what, it, that's what it brings to mind in my, in my mind. But the sword is just, it wraps on a tink tink, a crude metal, metaf, a, a crude metal form. It's the metaphor that matters. <laughs> it's just as very much as believe it, it's a sword. That's not the interesting bit. The interesting bit is the history and the, yeah. the nature that's bound up in it and all this sort of thing. But he says, if you wish me to, I will, I will see what the songs of the first world can whisper to me of it. I, I would like you to, but um, if at any point it feels like you're getting a nosebleed or you're going, you go flying into a wall, I'm thinking we should stop. Alright, and yes, he can um, cast Legend Lore on it, and I will have a thinking about that one. So Tristan sits with Gatekeeper on his lap, and he whistles quietly to himself a long haunting tune that seems to bounce back and echo from all around him points the whistling is not coming from him but weaving in and around the blade itself and then his eyes open he says I I hear it the songs of the first world I hear what they say of gatekeeping Threes from one, one of threes, from great sacrifice aboard the keys. Map's blade slays that which should never have been, burns those from beyond and those unseen. Well, one is strong, two add to ten when driven by the heart of men. Together stronger than apart, they offer choice to mortal heart. Interesting. Well, what do we make of that, then? There are quite certainly three blades. Aye. Gatekeeper, Blight, and the unknown third. I think it has to be a Titania's. The legend law will only tell me of Gatekeeper, the, the uh, blade in question. I would have to cast it separately to give me something on Blight, and again to give me whatever on a third blade. And, um, presumably you'd need more to go on than just the third blade. The less, inf- the, the less information I have, the longer it takes and the less accurate it is. So basically the three versions of Legend Lore are, if he's got the thing in hand, it takes um, several tens of minutes and gives you the best, most accurate information. If you know lots about it, then it's um, up to 10 days and you get less complete lore. And if you only have rumours, then it's um, multiple weeks and the lore is often vague and incomplete. So you have Gatekeeper, you know enough of Blight, it is a thing Tristan has seen, and the third sword is definitely something that you only know rumours about. You yeah. theorise this exists. Yeah. Threes from one and one of threes. Do you know... Uh, this is a long... Sh- Oberon and Mab and Titania all left this world when they made the sacrifice. In so far as I know, yes. Because Titan- 
Titania is still here. And Oberon is kind of here. And it, d- Did she do something different than what they did? The Fae High Lords and Ladies have stepped out of the world to given up their power to protect it from the outer darkness, given way to mortal kind. Uh, left, the first world has changed to what we now call Galeria. It, it is only in the River Kingdoms that we have seen or ever heard of Mab or Oberon having any presence. Titania so, was Nerissa, that which remains, but we've strengthened her, given her back to Tanya, as it were. Even then, her influence doesn't seem to extend far beyond Stagthorn itself, let alone the rest of the River Kingdoms. But this is the corner of Galarian closest to the First World. If they're if any part of them are anywhere left, this is where they are. Hmm. I'm just trying to fathom out if the third blade would be hers or not. We know that Mab gave up her power and then some part of her remained changed and became Desna, Lady of the Stars and the Dreams. A very different being from Mab. But we know that there is some remnants of the old Mab here. Here in the River Kingdoms, where she is strongest. And likewise, Oberon seems to be here, even if he isn't anywhere else. I would say that's that's quite true. Likewise, it's only really in these lands that Puck has ever really been heard of. Although, if Puck... And then Kaelin stops. And yeah. yeah, he doesn't know that... Um, yeah, is, is Savannah. Yeah, uh, uh, Kaelin stops and doesn't say what he was going to say. But, uh, like, Tristan theorizes that there is a man, prob- possibly a manifestation of Puck somewhere around the River Kingdoms. Possibly not, because Puck would be far weaker than the other two, than the other three. But it's, you know, he thinks that's a reasonable theory, that mm. somewhere you could find remnants of Puck. The, then I think it's likely that Titania could tell us something of her sword if she could. It depends on what the swords were for. Mm. But I, I I can't say I'm eager to go back and make make the attempt again. It might go better if I didn't bring gatekeeper with me, but... So threes from one and one of threes. The blades must have come from the same source... Well, I'd read that as the first one is the uh, Fae Lords and Ladies and the second one is the Swords. Threes threes from one and one of threes. Makes a sense. From great sacrifice of all the keys, we, we know they sacrificed their power to seal the outer darkness away. Perhaps that's when the Swords were created. Very possible. Something they left, something they chose to leave behind when they were departing the world. I mean, if they're kept in tombs, temples, challenges for mortals, the swords would be given to those who are worthy, who who can claim them. I I don't know what sort of giving up their power it was, but this sounds like they may have had some time to prepare. Or I mean, we know time isn't like. Or perhaps something they did afterwards, if, when they were remnants of themselves. If Gatekeeper is an artifact of a sort, and that seems to make sense with what we know, 
I've theorized that if you were to chuck it away down a well for whatever reason, then it wouldn't be as simple as the next person just climbing down the well and picking it up. It may go back to its original state where in Mab's protection in the Tomb of Ice, it may face some other form of challenge. Yeah, I would... But it's not to be freely... It's, it isn't to be freely taken. That's why I was jumpy handing it over to Svetlana for the trial, but that doesn't seem to have caused any harm. On the other hand, if it is given, if you gave it to Rivetti, or if he took it from you, that may count as enough for challenge to defeat the man who defeated Mab's challenge. Yes, I suspect at that point Rivetti would be its guardian if he actually... But I think if he, perhaps if he slew me and took it, or um, if I freely gave it to him. But I suspect if he had some pickpocket take it off my back when I wasn't looking, he might not find that he'd gotten the... Possibly. He may end up with just sword. a simple sword. Or nothing at all. We've... And I walk home with the sword. There's two references in the divination to... One to mortal heart, and the other to the heart of men. These swords were... I read that that these swords were intended for mortals. Yes. Which would make sense, because that's who would be left to wield them. But the word heart comes up not once, but twice. And we know what people say of Rebetti's heart. That he has none. Aye. But he did when he claimed the sword. He was a mortal man then, whatever he's become since. You wondered why he couldn't use it to access it. Perhaps his, access the boulder you found. Perhaps his heart is not as strong as yours. But if that's the case, I'd wager it's a shortcoming he is unprepared to or unwilling to acknowledge. Or possibly believes can be overcome with sufficient applications of power or force. Which may well be correct from what you tell me such things can be fooled two of the lines are reasonably obvious Mab's blade slays that which should have never been things of the out and dark things that do not belong in our world at all uh, we know those outsiders are vulnerable to acid and that's what the blade produces it burns those from beyond and those unseen have you seen it do anything to Perhaps invisible or ethereal creatures or anything of the sort? Nay, but I can't say I've tried to slay either with it. The thing about um, invisible foes is that you, uh, that you can't see them. Or perhaps, as with some of these weapons, that capacity has not yet been unlocked? There one... may, I don't know. The, I know what the sword can do for me. I don't know what it can do under all circumstances. Well, one is strong to add to ten when driven by the heart of men. You make of that? That I interpreted that if I was wielding both swords, I would have a great deal more power. Exponentially more. Two at ten. That makes a lot of sense. And perhaps that if I was wielding two of them when I came to the boulder, I would have much great a much greater capacity to open it than merely twice what I'd have with one sword. When driven by the heart of men. Together stronger than apart, that fits with what you're saying. They offer choice to mortal heart. That I think is interesting in light of what they say about the Fae, that they don't have the same choices, that the great lords and ladies are driven by 
destiny. Tristan flinches somewhat uncomfortably. Yeah. I don't think it's... Uh, but The higher up the Fae, the more true it is. Per, per Lavish is bound by his nature to be the type of light-hearted creature that a fairy dragon is, but... He, he, he should... still chooses where he goes and what he does, but the higher up you go, the less choice perhaps there is. But Morkind already has choice. What choices are the swords offering us? Something... If I had to guess, I'd guess it's something to do with guarding this realm against the Outer Dark. That seems to be what, the, what they're about. I, I suppose that makes sense. It certainly that appears to be Gatekeeper's purpose. I don't know if the same can be true of Blight or the Third Blade. And, uh, although another thought springs to mind. The sword, I have the sword because I penetrated the tomb and took it, I defeated the Guardians. Yes. What would I get for penetrating the boulder? Perhaps something else? Something more? Perhaps that's the choice. What to do with whatever a is power, in... a choice, something of an interesting theory. Well, uh, you know, in any any action comes with choices from a certain point of view, and certainly any powerful artifact. I mean, when I, when we slew Vordekai, we had the choice of whether to use his eye or destroy it. Yes, I think we have the right end of that one. Aye, uh, but um, it's that kind. Of, perhaps it's that kind of thing. Perhaps what it offers is a is something you can use or use in a number of ways. That that makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, Gatekeeper clearly has its own basic physical manifestations. It's stronger and hardier than a regular sword. It bleeds acid. But clearly it has more. Aye. And who knows what Blight can do? Well, we'll have to obtain Blight from the Clockwork King. No wonder he wants Gatekeeper if he's aware of this as well. I think he must be. I don't think there's any other reason to have Gaitan guarding the place, whether he knows what we know. There aren't, um, I don't think there's too many scholars out there that are equal these days in that, that matters pertaining to the Fae. And, and we have certain other advantages, and Kaelin will make a little circling gesture around his neck for the amulet he isn't currently wearing, that he is unlikely to possess. We've seen Aravetti use a lot of different magics. I don't know how much of that is innate to him, whether it's slowly training. It's hard to know. Uh, you you have seen him cast multiple different scrolls. Among other things, he teleports in and out from scrolls rather than his own castings of them. Yes. But that indicates anywhere between he's a spellcaster of insufficient level, he's a spellcaster who prefers to slave his spell slots, he's a character with high-use magic device. Yeah, although um, that would certainly be interesting in context of this thing. It would suggest that he must not have. He must have pretty high magic device to use scrolls of teleport. Yeah. At which point, it's interesting that he can't get in with that and one of the swords. Yeah. And again, at which point, it might make more sense if he's say a low level wizard or sorcerer. Yeah. And he doesn't have the power to cast teleport in and of himself. Tristan theorizes that um, because there's two things mentioned about the um, the power of heart kind of thing. Yeah. That. Um, Possibly Aravetti has inadvertently handicapped himself in his transition from man to whatever he is now. 
Titania seems genuinely horrified by whatever he is. I'm not surprised. He's an abomination to the Fae. It's a thing that moves but does not live. Perhaps whatever, however you're supposed to wield these swords, you're supposed to wield them as a, as a man the first or, world, or a woman. The First World has no history of constructs whatsoever. They, uh, there are things that live and there are things that do not live. The First World is a place of life. And if he was a man and then stopped being one, I mean, things like first... That nature may not be may be opposed to the first world, but they're not. It's not, not something that they did to themselves. Yeah, you know, um, Titania basically has no love of first whatsoever. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much as a clockwork thing. It's not like a hideous abomination that she has to destroy at all costs, but it's a thing that just it doesn't fit in her world. Yeah. But my theory is that it's worse to make yourself a clockwork abomination. Oh, than almost certainly, when you're giving a... up your heart. Yeah. Well, that that does give us a lot to go on. Uh, I I can endeavour to perform further divinations given enough time on Blight and on the mysterious Third Blade. I can't say how much detail or what they would produce, but it's a mystery. A mystery of the ancient faith. That's <laughs> pretty excited. Yeah. So, like, he he would, given it's Tristan, he would be more than happy to do that. Yeah. Given sufficient time. I'm um, not keen for him to do it right now because I want to take him out next um, cool. adventure. Yep, just fine. But um, uh, the thought would be either be to do it on Blight or to do it on Aravetti. Yep. Among other things, you know, you've got a um, cave surrounded by mysterious. Um, Worrying creature things. You've got a mysterious boulder. You've got a bunch of areas marked. Do not go here. Tristan's like, look, look at all the things that we could learn and know. <laughs> it's a bit of a, it, it's a bit of an improvement on um, just acres after acres of grassland, isn't it? It certainly is. <laughs> when it was just the two of us down yep. here, isn't there anything but grassland? Yep. Spiders don't count. <laughs> Where are all the Elven ruins? And yeah, that's that's about that. So, yeah, if you're taking Tristan out again, he won't do those divinations at this stage because yeah. they'll lock him down for at least a kingdom turn. Yeah, yeah, I um, can ask him to do it at a time when I'm not not taking him out. Yeah. But yeah, basically, um, Caelan wanted to give him a bit of time to recover and then have an outing with him to hopefully take his mind off things. And yeah, basically, any effort to legend law gatekeeper again will just give you the same exact yeah. rhyme again. Um, legend law and the other two will give you di- different information. Uh, the Tristan theorizes is some of it may be the same. Yeah. That, that divination is clearly about the three of them and then specifically what gatekeeper does. Yeah, I would be surprised if the first line was the same. Yeah. And then, for the mystery third one, who knows what the fuck you'll get. So, um, FYI about Kaelin's shopping. Yep. Um, in addition to checking off some things I'd bought earlier and, um, had just noted on my money, um, he bought a, um, potion of Shield of Faith plus five and a, um, 
I got and from the party fund some cure serious and cure moderates. Cool. And um a new necklace of fireballs level five. Yep, no problem at all. Which took a good deal of his money. Um, and, um, if, if everybody doesn't have two potions of, if everyone doesn't have potions of Cure Serious, you'd like to buy everyone two potions of Cure Serious, because I noticed in the, um, fight, Svetlana didn't appear to have them. Yeah, it makes sense. So, um, if you can just note down two potions of Cure Serious on everyone's, um, sheet, I'll take 6,000 GP off the party of this. Yep, my brain is shutting down to the extent that I will need to do that later, but I'll write it on my to do list. Yep. Yep. Alright. And shall we call that there then on mysterious divinations? Yep. What further secrets the land of Pytax hold? Yep. What will happen next kingdom turn? Will will Pytax invade again? Yep. Dum dum dum.